Knowing which homeschooling philosophy you feel most aligned with can help you make clearer decisions. In today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview Shannon from Motherhood Union. Shannon has over a decade of experience using the Montessori method of education. By the end of today's episode, you're going to have a better understanding of the Montessori method. Let's face it, being a homeschooling mom who also works from home can be pure chaos. As you've probably already noticed, despite the occasional laugh track, life isn't a sitcom and everyday struggles are rarely resolved in 30 minutes with commercial breaks to keep your sanity in check. So the right strategies and mindset are vital for becoming more productive and less overwhelmed with all the things life throws at us. Enter the Simply Freeing Podcast. Episodes for the highly passionate, busy, work-at-home, homeschooling mama ready to break away from cultural norms and raise lifelong learners. So let's kick stress to the curb, throw chaos out the door, and order in some peace and simplicity with a cup of coffee or three. Hi, Shannon. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hi, it's so great to talk to you, Jackie. Thank you. Let's talk about the Montessori method. What is it? Right. I know there's a lot of like myths and misconceptions around the method for sure. Um, So Montessori is um, a child-led education method rather than like a teacher-guided or teacher-directed method. So if you think of like a typical classroom in a school where all the students are learning the same thing at the same time in the same way. So the teacher says, this is what we're learning today. And then everyone has to do it. So you might have kids that aren't super into science or aren't super into reading or aren't interested in a certain topic, but they're still being forced to learn, you know, the same way as everyone else. And um, it's really difficult. But in a child-led education method, you're going to kind of follow the child. That's a big phrase in Montessori. And what it means is you are looking at your child, what they're interested in, what their developmental stage is, And then you're building um, works or, you know, academic stuff around that. So it's it's much more um, not fighting against them and forcing things upon them, but working with them. And that's what I absolutely love about it is because if you catch them in the right moment and the right stage and something they're interested in, it's effortless. You're not forcing anything upon them. Like I said, you're you're working with them and they're going to learn so much more easily and with a lot more joy to it. How would that, I can see how that would be a little bit easier to do at home, but how mm-hmm. is that done? Um, Cause I know some, some families that listen have children that go to school. How would a Montessori school actually put something like that in place? If it's yeah, like, it seems like it would be difficult with a lot of kids in a class, right? Yeah. But the kind of neat part about it is um, one way Montessori schools are set up is in a very specific way with for whatever the age range of children is. So classrooms are typically like uh, maybe three age ranges all together because the younger kids will actually learn from the older kids. So it's super neat. They get to see how things work um, and practice, and then they'll learn more from the older kids. But it's also to where there's only activities out that suit that age range. So they're not having to deal with like trying to learn harder concepts. And, um, kids are given the freedom to really go and explore on their own in a classroom. And it seems like it would be kind of chaotic and like kids just kind of going everywhere. But 
um, there's really this environment of cooperation and respect. And so it's not, I know a lot of times people look at Montessori and they're like all, you know, they think they're just quiet little robots working independently and not playing. There's totally interactive play that happens. That's a, a big misconception, but um, they are more focused because it's something that is attractive to them at that age or developmental stage. So they're really wanting to learn and practice and they'll go and pick out an activity that suits them, that they're interested in, and they'll work on it. And the teacher is really there. They're actually called guides. They're not called teachers typically um, because they're there to guide the child through. They may demonstrate how to do something, um, but they're not teaching big lessons usually to like the whole class. They'll maybe do individualized lessons. Okay. That's interesting. So how would I, if if I have a younger child, Mm -hmm. how would I start, at what age would I start incorporating the Montessori method at home? And what, like, what exactly would that look like for younger kids? Yeah. So I have a five-year-old and a one-year-old, and I've been doing this method since my five-year-old was born. And a lot of people will start from birth. Um, you're not teaching anything at that point, more so you are letting them explore freely. So kids, we will see like huge sensory activities and sensory bins and all these things that you have to like put together for kids. That's not necessary. They're learning with their senses. If you look at it, a young infant, they're putting everything in their mouth, which we kind of get grossed out by, but they're exploring with their whole body and they're picking up so much information in their brain and just processing it all. And that's how they're learning at that young age. So you can give them the freedom to do that. Um, Less time in like jumperoos or, you know, um, strollers, letting them lie on a blanket in the grass, or if you're going for a walk, let them get out and explore. Um, Really letting them have that opportunity to access their environment and, and learn about it that way. Um, And really, um, doing, it's hard to explain it as you're doing less for them. So you're letting them do for themselves. A lot of times that power struggle and those tantrums with younger kids comes from when they're trying to do it on their own and we just do it for them. You know, we know how to do it. We've been doing this for 30, 40 years. We can do it the best way, but really they need to learn how to do it. And if we don't give them that opportunity, they're not going to be able to do it as easily. So, you know, One of the things that comes to mind when you just said that um, is like when children are little and they're picking out clothes, toddlers, I've I've seen, um, and we actually did this with my toddler. We lowered the bar in her closet Mm -hmm. so that she could pick out her own dresses. So it was on her level. Yeah. Is that something that is? Yeah, totally. That's that's one of the things we do in our entryway is we have, um, instead of having a big high coat rack where we have to grab their coat or put it away, or, you know, a big pile of shoes. Um, We have a a coat rack that's right at like toddler level. We have a little low bench that's maybe, you know, a foot off the ground. And then we have pegs on the wall where, you know, just a couple of pairs of shoes are there and they get to pick out their things on their own. And it makes like getting out the door in the morning so much more easy. There are still times where they want to wear, you know, a winter coat in the middle of summer. One way to solve that is just take it out of the equation um, and um, remove it. But giving them choices, um, making things accessible to them 
if you look at a home, typically, um, you know, we bring the children into it and then they're expected to kind of navigate. And we have, you know, chairs that are really tall or things that can't reach. Um, and if you really work to incorporate them into the environment and into the home culture, it's going to go much more smoothly and they're going to have an easier time of it. So that's, that's really um, the easiest way to get started is those kind of steps. So is this the research on the way the brain is developed? Is that, do they incorporate that research into, you know, cause it yes. seems like for myself, when I started a lot, instead of trying to do everything for my kids, when I realized, wow, there are less battles when I let them at least give them the time to try things themselves as they're developing and growing up, we've had less arguments and less, yeah. you know, instead of picking out their clothes for them, I give them a choice, you know, and right. they choose and all of that type of stuff. I'm sure there's some research on how the brain is developing and how that totally. would align with Montessori. Right. So the whole Montessori method um, derived from one a woman in Italy who was Dr. Maria Montessori. And she did a scientific study of children and she discovered there's actually, they're called sensitive periods. So there's times in their lives, specifically, um, you know, from age one to six or birth to six, where there are certain skills that they're working on and their brains are um, attracted to learning those types of skills. So you think of like zero to two or two to five um, movement, you know, they're learning how to roll over, crawl, walk, run, climb. Those are the steps. Another one, so talking about kids and giving choices or you know, not doing that battle is they actually have a period of time that is for sense of order. So if you see a child who always lines up all of their trucks or all of their dolls or you know, wants to wear a certain color shoe, that's their development saying, I want to learn how things go. I want to learn the routine so that I can fit into, you know, society around me. They're learning that order. And if you mess up the order, things can get rough. So, you know, just knowing that they do like a routine at that age, they really want to have things similar. Um, You know, you don't have to keep things the same all the time, but just working within those boundaries and knowing that, um, they're picking up on things and they want things kind of a certain way. Hmm. That's really interesting. So how would I start if I decided that I wanted to do more of a Montessori style of learning at home? Mm-hmm. What would you recommend um, at like the kindergarten age level, preschool, kindergarten right. age? When you're starting to get into the more academic thing. Yes. So Montessori in general doesn't actually do any academic focus until after age three. So I know for me, one of the reasons I got started was I live in Southern California. I live in the LA area. There are like one year, two year wait lists for preschools around here. And there's just that pressure of academic achievement and accomplishment. Um, But you're given kind of a grace period and really focusing on just the development of the child and in the home with Montessori. But then of course, I mean, they're not, there are some brilliant minds that have come out of Montessori schools So there definitely is a focus on education. So as they get older, um, there are lots of things you can do to develop their academic range. And um, you can focus on, you know, sound games to work up towards that reading stuff. Um, There's also really neat thing with Montessori is the way you actually put out an activity or a a toy or a material as they're called, um, you lay it out in left to right order. 
and um, easiest to hardest. So that actually is like a pre-reading skill. So if you focus on that, they're going to be picking up on, you know, oh, when we look at something, we look at it in this order and that'll work towards reading uh, and you can incorporate that. So it's really neat. Um, another uh, thing that you can do if they're getting to that education level is working with concrete examples of numbers. So actually like one-to-one -one, um, relationships of like, you know, this is the number one, here's one rock. Uh, and for Montessori, they use a lot of nature-based things. So um, just feeling that um, tactile part of it really helps them relate the numbers um, for, for math skills. So there are definitely ways that you can kind of build on those um, skills that they've been developing in their younger ages and then incorporate the academics as well. Do you um, have any recommendations of like Montessori curriculum that... Um, That's kind of always the uh, million dollar question. There are a few out there. Um, one uh, person that I have learned from myself is uh, um, Childhood of the Childhood of the Redwoods, I believe it's called. She's on Instagram and that's Aubrey. Um, and she has a few different curriculums for different ages. Um, one of the neat parts and kind of one of the challenges of Montessori is that there is so much information out there and also that you can tailor it to your child. So then you're kind of scrambling sometimes to grab things from here and there and put them all together. Mm -hmm. um, there is also something called scope and sequence, which actually describes um, the order in which you introduce things. So that's based on the developmental stages. So if you're getting started and you want to dive into the homeschool part, look up scope and sequence. I think there are a few resources for that. I have a close friend who um, does the actual homeschooling for older children. And so she uses that to kind of build her curriculum off of there. I don't know of any particular ones that have a step-by-step -step of this is what you should do then. And then this, you know, as far as year one or year two, you're kind of having to tailor it to your specific child. Okay. And that, and that brings me to the last question. I think it's something that I bet, I know I, after talking with you, I've realized that I obviously have been doing a lot of Montessori, yeah. Montessori inspired homeschooling from the beginning, just right. I've learned how to be a parent and, and like, yeah. you know, picking your battles and, um, you know, realizing how much more passionate my kids are, are about learning when they're interested in something. And mm -hmm. you know, so as my kids get older, and I'm working with them, is there um, a resource or some sort of suggestion in how you can incorporate more interest-led learning as they get bigger? Yeah, I think um, you're just going to want to pay attention to what drives them. So for me, when I was a kid, I was horse crazy. Um, I started riding when I was seven years old. And anything to do with horses, I would absorb that information. I could tell you almost every breed of horse, you know, um, all sorts of different styles of riding. And that was something I, I learned and I wanted to learn. So if you know your child is super into something like that, there are so many ways you can expand on that and do research to say, oh, okay, well, what's the science of the horse moving and, you know, their trajectory? You can work on that or you can study geography and figure out what horses live in what parts of the world. 
um, there are definitely ways that you can can incorporate it. It is going to take more work to go out there and look for it, but you can also involve your child. They're going to want to do it. And then they're learning research skills. You know, I think that's the, the neat part about homeschooling. It's the neat part about Montessori is there's kind of just the world is open to them and there's so much that they can get and so much they can access now in this day and age. And um, you really are able to take that opportunity to develop their their love of learning through their interests. I love that so much. I, I definitely um, am just super thankful that I think I've made the switch into me being more of a like, okay, well, let's do this. We're doing Mm -hmm. this book now to, okay, well, what do you want to learn? You know, and it is very hard or was very hard for me coming from that teaching background. Mm -hmm. You know, I was so used to just leading everything to, to be more hands-off and, and kind of look at your child and as a blank slate and say, Hey, what's, what's in your mind? Like what, what drives you? And um, it's so much harder for, um, it was harder for me to do that, but um, we've really seen a lot of fruit from, come from out of that. Oh, I bet. I bet. It's hard because there's also always this comparison and you want to meet some sort of standard that exists or you're worried that you're missing out or failing your child in some way, but there's actually just an internal drive for children to learn new things but it kind of has to be unlocked a little bit. And if you know that thing that they're interested in, that's going to really help with that. And um, you won't be missing out because they're going to learn so much that's going to help them develop and, and develop in their own unique way rather than comparing them to another child or making them fit a certain mold. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really a, um, a challenge. And um, you can definitely, um, even if you're not... Um, completely homeschooling also, um, you can do these sorts of things on the weekend or, you know, if they have a project coming up, you can work with them, um, in your own way to, to kind of, um, add a twist to it and have something that they're interested in, or, you know, explore something that they wanted to know more about. And that can really make the whole learning process just so much more fun. That's what my mom did with me. Um, she was a high school librarian for my entire life. And so, you know, books, of course, are our way to unlock the world. And uh, I love learning more about things. And I love teaching my kids about things, too. That's really cool. I love that. So how did you um, get started um, teaching about Montessori? And um, what was your background? Were you homeschooled or you, you said you I was not homeschooled? My mom worked at my high school in the oh, wow. library, which was some fun social situations. But um, it's always fun to have your mom at school when you're a teenager. But um, <laughs> uh, I went to um, uh, state college and um, I actually was learning about um Course management was my degree. It's really helpful now. I don't use it at all, <laughs> um, but I loved it. I enjoyed it. So I guess that's the important part. And um, after college, uh, I worked with racehorses for a long time. When I retired from that, I um, became a nanny and I actually was a full-time nanny for over a decade. And one of the families, when I first started nannying, was sending their daughter to a Montessori preschool. And I kind of went, oh, what is, what is that? You know, I haven't really heard that much about it. And then um, I started to dive into it and read books and started to use some of the things at home with her. And um, just from there, I I nannied for a few more families after that. 
over the next 10 years. And I was able to, to pull things out and use it in their homes, even though they, they weren't Montessori. You know, they didn't really know that much about it, but we were totally able to incorporate it and find ways to use it in their home. And it, it really made the experience a lot nicer. And they would comment on it all the time. Oh my, I can't believe they can put their shoes on by themselves or, oh, they're putting their coat on or they put their dishes away or, you know, whatever. Um, and that was all just using Montessori. So when I had my uh, first child five years ago, I was like, oh, I totally want to use Montessori myself. And like I said, living in a an area where there was so much academic competition, I knew I didn't want that. I didn't want to have to worry about flashcards or like drilling ABCs. Um, I wanted to experience um, our world. Even though we live in a big city, we have a big backyard and um, we get outside and explore nature and just learn as we go. My oldest is a big Lego kid. He absolutely loves Legos, has for years. And that's one way, you know, people think Montessori can't have like plastic toys or whatever. Not true. <laughs> You're going to work with those things. They're learning fine motor skills. He's learning engineering. I mean, he's crazy, but he's been doing it for a few years and he can do so many things now that I'm just totally amazed. And my youngest, um, who is one, uh, we continue to use the method with her and it works really well because she's a um, fierce independent soul. And um, she wants to do things, especially seeing her older brother do it. So she, you know, will practice taking her clothes off and on, which sometimes that can be frustrating if you're trying to go somewhere, but she's learning all those skills and she is very capable at a young age. And it's fantastic to watch. That's so, that's so good. And really quick, one more question before we end, I want to talk about like a playroom setup in your house. Um. Because I think our environment, especially as homeschool moms, is really important. And when we have a playroom that's overwhelming, mm-hmm. we're going to um, raise overwhelmed kids too. Right. And, um, so what would a Montessori-inspired playroom look like? Sure. That's always a big question. And um, I love talking about it because it's so fun to kind of build it out with your child. And um that overwhelmed kid, that overstimulated kid um, isn't going to be able to focus as well. And um, it can be easy to get carried away. Even with Montessori, you see some of these things on Instagram and they just had every material toy, rainbow colored wood stacking thing under the sun. You don't need all that. Um, One of my daughter's favorite things is just a plastic water bottle that she'll fill up and empty and fill up and empty or take a drink or whatever. So you can keep it really simple and definitely you want to weed out, you know, any of those really loud electronic toys or things. Sometimes we look at things and they seem like they're educational toys where you're doing a shape sorting or they have letters on it that you can push and it says the letter. That's not really teaching them anything. You're much better off finding things that are going to teach them a specific skill um, and only one skill at a time rather than trying to do colors and shapes and everything all at once. So kind of sorry. that. Sorry to interrupt you, the, no. the technology, is technology mm-hmm. a no-no in this? Uh, this I think it kind of depends on, um, you know, how strict someone is with it. Um, a lot of times people will be like, well, in Montessori, is TV okay? Well, Montessori came up with the method over 100 years ago, TV didn't exist. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a ridiculous question in my opinion, but <laughs> um, there is much less focus, you know, not a ton of screen time, um, you know, not a lot of bright, loud, flashing toys that are distracting from the actual learning process. 
Um, especially at a young age, they're learning how to just live right in our environment and they need to learn things like cause and effect or um, how to move things around and manipulate them with their hands, which will then build up to writing skills down the line. Um, So it can be easy to get hyper-focused on, uh, you know, wanting to teach them all of these things and ABCs and colors and whatnot. That's not needed right away. So you're really going to want a playroom that allows them to move around. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to focus on if they're in that stage, like that two-year-old stage where they're climbing and jumping and running, you're going to want to have things that will promote that movement. It's hard sometimes inside if you have a small space, but if you can let them have a little step to climb up on and jump off of, they really like that large balls that they can throw back and forth. Sometimes people get frustrated because kids are pulling out toys and throwing them. That's kind of a sign to you as the parent that, hey, they need to work on the skill. Their body really wants to develop it. So you have to look for unique ways, either really softballs or getting outside to play and develop that gross motor movement. But we also, we don't have a dedicated playroom. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people get really excited if they have that space and want to build a huge you know, area with toys and even climbing equipment, but your child wants to be where you are and they want to see what you're doing. Cause they're learning, okay, what happens in this house? You know, what happens next? What do we do? How do we interact? What are the, the routines? So, you know, a lot of times you'll say, Oh, go play. Well, they might go in there, wander around, pull some stuff off and then say, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. They want to see what you're doing. So you have a play space that's, that's kind of close by. Um, so I'm at my kitchen table right now. I have a area just uh, nearby where we have a low shelf, which is something you see a lot in Montessori, um, but it's divided so that you don't have a lot of things on it all at once. Mm-hmm. And then you just have you know certain things that meet their developmental stage out. And then a lot of it is just involving them in your like day-to-day life. Um, you know, my daughter loves putting clothes in the washing machine or, you know, throwing her dirty diaper in the trash. Um, Just really simple things that you do every day, rather than trying to think of how do I come up with activities to occupy them while I get things done, kind of include them in getting the things done. It will take a little bit longer. It may not be done perfectly, but they're going to learn so much in the process. And they are so capable when, you know, when you give them that chance, they're so excited, especially mm-hmm. at a young age. So capitalize on that when they're young. Yes. Hopefully that will translate <laughs> when they get older and they'll still love helping. Right. Right. And I think that's the thing too, is with young kids, um, that sense of order, if you catch them in the right moment, they're going to be like, oh, that's, there's a mess. We need to clean that mess up or, oh, we need to put this away. So you're kind of building that foundation rather than doing it all yourself and then being exhausted. And then later down the line, they're like, oh, I don't know how to put my stuff away. I don't know where it goes. You know, you kind of want to start that foundation real young. Yeah. And that that's me. My, my husband's always saying, can you please stop zoning out? Tell them to put their plate in <laughs> the dish, you know, in the sink. And I'm just, I still have to constantly like wake up my brain to say, Hey, get them to help you. Cause yes. I, I just always will naturally just do everything myself. Cause it's so much faster. It's, yes. like, it's like time. There's not enough time for right. us to 
to let everybody. So I think I've just like trained myself to just do it all because I just want to get it over with and done. Cause I like things yeah. fast and, yeah. um, but it actually does is a disservice to them. They need to oh, absolutely. practice that. So, yeah. And sometimes we, we are struggling to figure out, okay, what do I do with my kid all day? Um, what activities can I plan rather than looking at, you know, sometimes just cleaning around the house, you can kill a lot of time if you're doing it with a toddler or a young child. And mm-hmm. then you aren't worrying about having to come up with anything. And like you said, they feel so proud of themselves when they accomplished, you know, tasks that we can do so easily. And um, that's what we want for our kids is to build confident kids that are really capable. So I love doing that. This is great. I love this conversation. I learned a lot. I think I think that um, there'll be plenty of people listening to this, realizing that they've been doing aspects of Montessori all along. And um, yeah. so this has been really, really good for, for me to learn from you. So I'd okay. love uh, for you to tell us where we can connect with you and how we can learn from you more. Sure, totally. I am on Facebook. Um, Motherhood Union is my page. I'm also on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. Um, and that is at motherhood underscore union. Um, you can find me there sharing activities, some of our day-to-day life. And I also, um, I have a business where I help moms um, learn more about Montessori, how to use it at home without getting super overwhelmed. And um, you can find uh, the link in my bio um, on Instagram or on uh, Facebook, and you can find out more about that. Perfect. So, and I will share everything in the show notes, including the curriculum resources that you mentioned earlier, um, and get that in the show notes. So if anybody's interested, they can check it out. Yeah, totally. And, um, I have a special thing that I made for your listeners and it is a 14 days to a more Montessori home. So if you're just getting started, if you're interested in it, you can download that. And, um, I think that will be in the show notes. I can give that to you to share, And you can just do a little bit every day without feeling super overwhelmed by it. And um, you'll have a little Montessori home of your own. Wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. I am super excited to announce that my stress-free homeschooling class is back. This is my signature free web class that is going to help you get more clarity around your homeschool days and most importantly, give you the mindset and practical strategies you need so that you can truly enjoy your days at home. Stress comes out of us in so many different ways. Some of us shut down, some of us freak out, some of us give in to the stress, some of us literally become a magnet for guilt. So if you're brand new to homeschooling, on the fence about beginning, or in the midst of it with a ton of guilt that you're barely teaching at all, or piling the work onto unhappy kids, you'll walk away from this class with more clarity around your homeschool choices. Your time with your kids is so precious. Homeschooling doesn't have to feel hard or that it's a burden. I'm going to teach you my signature sacred method to help you go from feeling frazzled to more free. You'll get more done in less time and with a clearer focus. This class is happening on Thursday, February 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern, right on Zoom. You can sign up at simplyfreeing.com slash SFH. That stands for Stress-Free Homeschooling. When you sign up, you'll get your workbook for the class so that you can take notes and most importantly, take action right away. I am so excited. I can't wait to see you there. I'll see you next time, friends.